Welcome to the WordPress Photography Podcast, the podcast for photographers who want to learn how to get the most out of WordPress to grow their photography business. You don't need to be a geek to understand WordPress. Settle back and listen as we show you how. Now, here's your host, Scott Wyden-Kivowitz. Welcome to episode six. My name is Scott Wyden-Kivowitz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Rachel from Photoscribe. Hey, Rachel. Hey, Scott. How are you? Good. Uh, we're recording this just days after episode five, which is a nice nice thing. Um, and uh, not much has happened in the WordPress space in the last couple of days, <laughs> which is nice. Right. Um, I know that uh, Imaging USA is going on right now, I believe. Yeah, uh, and then Mystic in Portland is later this week. Nice. So, uh, yeah, so there's a lot of cool stuff. Maybe something really fun will come out of imaging for us to talk about in the next episode yeah. um, if it's uh, related to our audience. Um, but uh, today we have a really fun guest again, uh, like usual. Um, I'm really excited about this one because when I'm on his podcast, and I know, Rachel, you've been on this podcast. Yep. Um, it's, a, it's a techie, geeky, nerdy discussion a lot of times. And right up our alley. Yeah, and, uh, it, which is fun because typically the podcast is not techie, geeky, nerdy. It's more just straight to the point business. Um, so uh, it's fun to break off of that. So anyway, let's talk about who we're speaking with. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Brian Cavarici is an award-winning wedding and portrait photographer based out of Font Hill, Canada. Brian specializes in creating natural, relaxed, and fun imagery. He believes that portraits are about spending time together with your loved ones and creating memories in an enjoyable atmosphere. He's a Fuji X photographer as well as one of the voices and really the main voice behind the Sprouting Photographer podcast. And more recently, Brian has launched Sprout Studio, a business workflow solution, which is a standalone product not based on WordPress. WordPress. However, <laughs> Brian's photography website is a completely custom WordPress design, and there's potential for WordPress integration with Sprout Studio, which maybe we'll touch on a little bit yeah. during this call, uh, this, uh, this episode. Rachel and I have both had the honor and pleasure of being guests on Brian's podcast, and we, uh, when, we do the converse, uh, when we do, the conversation is always geeky and nerdy, which we love. Now Rachel and I are very excited to have Brian on our podcast where we can break down some WordPress technical jargon so it's easier for photographers to understand. Welcome, Brian. Hey, thanks for having me. It's fun to have the tables turned a little bit here. I know, yeah. I was just going to say, how does it feel to be the interviewee? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's fun, I like it. Yeah. Yes. So how's everything up in Canada going on for you? It's really cold today. It's uh, <laughs> like minus 10 outside, and like we had a sheet of ice on our driveway when I woke up this morning, so you kind of walk like, if someone were to watch me walking out to my car, they'd probably be like, what is wrong with that guy? He's walking like a crazy person, but <laughs> it's because I didn't feel like slipping and, you know, breaking my back or something. So, no, it's good. Everything is good up here. <laughs> have you ever done the trick where you throw the hot coffee in the air and it freezes? I have. I have. Does I did it, it last year. Yeah, yeah, it totally works. Yeah, it totally works. It's actually, it's hot water. So if you take, like, a kettle of boiling water and you go yeah. outside and you throw it up in the air, it, like, turns into mist. It's pretty amazing. That's, That's pretty awesome. cool. I, I recommend anyone that is in cold climates to give it a shot. Right? Yes. I mean, if you're yes. going to be in negative 10 degrees, might as well have fun with it, exactly. right? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> so so um, the way we usually do this is is we talk a little bit about WordPress photography-related news, and then we dig into what's going on in your in your world, um, and then talk more about WordPress. But um, <laughs> that's what we like to talk about. <laughs> yes. So there there hasn't been like like I mentioned, there hasn't been any uh, huge news in either WordPress or photography industries um, since our last episode, episode five. So instead, I want to share a WordPress uh, topic news. Uh, I guess sort of related to New Year's. Um, so 2016. Most themes uh, that are out there include a copyright feature in the footer. So be sure, this is a, basically a public service announcement, <laughs> be sure to check your site and make sure your copyright is up to date. Um, this is also the same principle you would do for you know, importing from camera to Lightroom or wherever you work on your photos. So um, in the show notes, we'll include two really cool links, one being... Um, from uh, my friend Aaron Hockley at PhotoWebo, um, where he shares th the three different ways that you should be updating your copyright, uh, being your website, your camera, and uh, Lightroom. 
But then also another one called Update Your Footer, which is basically a, a, a place where if your website, if your WordPress theme does not support a copyright date, uh, you can actually add this script into a footer widget, and it'll automatically update your copyright each year. So you can ha even have it from start of the business to whatever the current year is. It's pretty neat. So Yeah, I, I saw this tip, and I was like, wow, this is just such good timing because you never think of it and it'll be like June and you're like wait it's not 2015 anymore <laughs> yeah so yep. this is the time to do it update your footers yep so uh, Brian uh, what is going on in your world any speaking uh, opportunities coming up any uh, did you just speak somewhere what's going on Oh, he just opened up a can of worms. I just got out of a meeting this morning actually talking about this. I don't know if I'm going to go into all the detail, but so we've got WPPI coming up, obviously, that um, I am I am speaking at. Sweet. I'll leave it at that. There, there, may be, there may be a blog post or an article coming out that's in more detail about that, but I'm speaking at WPPI. Um, I've got Shutterfest that I'm speaking at. Mm -hmm. um, we're exhibiting at WPPI as well, which is going to be fun, so it's yes. sort of the first year for us for Sprout. Um, to be doing anything like that, so I'm kind of getting into that space of like, wow, what's it like to boost and shipping and like coordinating and staffing and all the things that go along with that. It's a whole world. It's it's pretty fascinating actually. Um, and then we're exhibiting at Canada Photo Convention coming up in Vancouver as well. Awesome. Yeah. Let's, can we can we break it down a little bit though? So right now you are on you are the voice of the Spreading Photographer podcast, which started about a year and a half ago now. Uh, the Sprouting Photographer podcast, so now it's January, it was March of 2014? Yeah, wow. so it's been almost two years, yeah. That's awesome. Almost two years. And I mean, we recommend it because it's a great resource for photographers for business, and you yep. touch upon all, all types of topics. And then you sort of, from that, have started Sprout Studio. Do you want to talk a little bit about what that is and... Yeah, totally. Um, so I've been a photographer myself for uh, about 10 years now, and I've been teaching photographers about business for about six of those years. I actually co-wrote a book back in 2009 called Pricing for Profit, nice. teaching photographers all about how to price their photography because most of the time photographers don't like business, right? And so it was sort of through that teaching, and, and I've obviously sp I've spoken, given a lot of local workshops, I've done a lot of teaching and mentoring and coaching, and uh, over the past two to three years, I found this need for a really solid business education for photographers. And so that's why we started SproutingPhotographer.com, which is where we write all about the business of photography, and the Sprouting Photographer podcast. Um, through that process, um, I also discovered, I mean, being a techie myself, I think we kind of all share that same passion for the nitty-gritty and the sort of you yeah. know, optimizing things, right, <laughs> that was three of us here, and I realized that I'm that way, yet still running a photography business and the infrastructure and the management and the system of doing that still seems to be pretty complicated for me. Like I was using a studio management software, I was using an album proofing software, I was using uh, PayPal for payments, I was using um, a gallery software, I was using all these different things and I had to go and log into a whole bunch of different places and it was just complicated because my bookkeeper at the end of the year says, let's see your, let's see your statements, let's see everything and I'm like, I have to log in over here to get this and I have to <laughs> log in over here to get this and I've got to go over here and do this and when we you know I teach a lot about the customer experience, and even that was kind of really complicated, right? Because I have to, they're going to get this email from this website for this software, which will look a certain way, and they're going to get their invoice over here from a different software, which will look a different way, and it just, it was all over the place. So that was sort of our inspiration to create what is now Sprout Studio. We've been building it for about two years now, um, and it's basically the, the industry's kind of first all-in-one system that combines everything that you need to do to run a photography business, which is studio management and contracts and invoices and emails and online galleries and se selling and pricing and album proofing, all these things that you can kind of somewhat do right now in, in you know, 10 different pieces, we do it all in one place. So that's okay. what sort of Sprout Studio is. So that's a standalone app, and then for Sprouting Photographer, you're on a WordPress platform, yes. right? Yeah, so SproutingPhotographer.com, uh, which also includes the podcast, is all on WordPress. Um, our website for Sprout Studio, like basically the information site for it that 
explains what Sprout Studio is, is all WordPress. Our support site, we actually moved from Help Scout, which is like a support platform, over to WordPress, and we custom developed our own WordPress platform for our support site. And then my own photography website is on um, WordPress. So I've got, I manage four sites on WordPress. Yeah, so, that's... Well, okay. we, we, no, you can go. Go ahead. No, I just, what was the catalyst for, for WordPress? Like, why? We know I, why, but... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you have a lot of flexibility in, in what you can do with WordPress. I mean, I love that it's um, sort of so open concept that you can get in there and really tinker around. So for the geeks like me that like to get in there and tinker with things, that's great. But also mm-hmm. further, further to that... Um, I necessarily don't always advocate for photographers getting in and doing all that tinkering themselves, but the community of developers and designers for WordPress is probably one of the biggest communities that's out there. Right. And so if you need help with something, if you need something designed, if you need a plugin developed, or even if you're looking for an existing plugin, there's a huge support network uh, for WordPress. And so for that reason, I love it. And uh, it's it's ongoing. There's always things coming out. There's always new, new things that we can do. Um, but also to that extent, um, two of our designers here, sorry, three of our designers here on the team are all WordPress developers. So it was obviously a very natural fit for us to be developing all of our support and marketing sites through WordPress because then we have complete control of everything. Yeah. Totally. So um, let's talk about something that uh, I know that um, you have a very strong um, view on a very... Uh, you have you have your site structure down pat, um, and it is a very clean, optimized, conversion optimized site structure. Um, something that I've talked about on your show uh, mm. that I've bragged about to your face, uh, <laughs> so to speak. Um, uh, on on the last episode that I was on your show, we talked yeah. about this. Um, so let's talk about your site structure and and how you laid it out, and then uh, what. What basically what you recommend for wedding photographers, um, whether to do it the same way or, you know, finding their own way. But let's cool. talk about your site structure. Yeah, for sure. Um, for for business owners like like Scott, like you, or like Rachel, like you, or like myself, like when like we speak to and teach to and serve largely a community of other businesses, right? So we we. We are my clients for Sprout are other photographers. I still have my photography business, which is a consumer um, and and client. But you know, businesses like us, and and we're involved in a few communities together in a few different groups, and we obsess over things like copywriting, like um, conversion optimization, like analytics, like um, creating pipelines, and those kinds of things, right? And we love those kinds of little nitty gritty things where we can really get in and, and really be intentional about what we're doing on the web and how we convert people. Oftentimes, photographers don't put that same level of emphasis into, or that same level of intentionality into what they're doing on the web. And a lot of the times, that's where I see photographers making mistakes on, with their websites. Is They basically say, well, I'm going to, like they, they kind of take what is traditionally known as a website, which for many years was more or less a portfolio. And we kind of use the web with that in mind. And I think that's a really flawed way to look at it because your website no longer is just your portfolio. In fact, I think your portfolio is like 10% of your website. And yet so many photographers, they just look at a website and they say, well, I need to have galleries and I need to have an about page and I need to have a contact page and that's it. And it's like, you're kind of basically saying like, come in and feel free to check out whatever you want if you want, and if yep. not, maybe right. you can. Like, no one ever clicks an about button. No one ever like says like, I'd love to read the history of what this person is and how they got into photography. Like, right. no one ever does that. So I guess that's sort of my opinion is that I think that we need to be much more um, thoughtful about what we want to be doing on the web with our presence, with what we're putting out there to the world, and what someone that's coming to our website would want to see when they got there. So um, when, when you talk about funnel, uh, and, and, and as we talk about site structure, it basically all, always comes down to funnel, where you want people to start and end. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you did say, if you have an about, a contact, a gallery, all that stuff, these are all great things to have, but you could funnel it in your site structure in a more optimized way so that people get to where you want them to go so they contact you. Yes. And this is exactly what you did. You have basically a start here, which is, uh, for you, is a, a wedding. I think you did engagement and business, if I recall correctly. Um, 
And so somebody can come to your site and they can just start with whatever their specific photography they're looking for. And then you actually walk them through and about you and galleries and contact specific to those niches in photography. Mm -hmm. So this is where I think a lot of photographers can really take the, the basic idea of those standard about contact and gallery pages and enhance them because now you can add um, you know, specific about content about weddings, galleries, just weddings, contact page with contact information about just weddings, your accolades about just weddings, your wedding clients talking about you, and even blog content only about weddings. There's a lot of things you can do specifically targeting to those areas. So, yeah, I, I think like I'm I'm a big proponent of sort of what's called compartmentalizing, which is basically looking at the specific needs of who's there on your website and trying to serve them very specifically. I mean, obviously, this could get really really refined. I mean, you could ask them a whole bunch of questions and then serve them just content based on their answers to those questions. But that's kind of a big ask to ask a new visitor to your website to say like, how are you feeling today? And you know, like, what is your maiden name? And like, oh, I mean, there's only so much you want to ask them. And so the simplest way to do that is to say, why are you here? You know, are you engaged looking for a wedding photographer? Or are you, did you just lose a bunch of weight and you want to get boudoir photos done? Like, what is it? Tell me why you're here. And then let me try and sort of rejig my content so that it is speaking directly to you and to your needs. So that way on my, you know, one of my pages where I talk about my style, I'm not talking about photojournalistic wedding photography to a client that's here looking to get family portraits done. So I'm now speaking specifically to their needs. So how do you do that within the site structure? They come to a home page and then they click on something and then you take them to a dedicated page because of that and that's yes. all done within WordPress? Yep. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So, so the way that it is is basically like I have more or less a website within my own website that yeah. is designed for each sort of compartment. So my wedding sort of website has all the pages, all the content, everything within WordPress in its own sort of thing. And the way that we set it up technically in, in WordPress is we have a parent page, so like yeah. a sort of level one page for wedding, boudoir, business, portrait. Yeah. And then we have children pages that are all the content pages of that. And then we basically walk them through a tour that just serves up the next page within that sort of child category. And, and we should uh, mention that's actually pretty easy to do and it's oh, yeah. not oh, dependent yeah. on your theme. Yeah. Um, but you can do that when you create a new page over under the publish panel there is a way to say you know should this live underneath another parent. So yep. because as a photographer listening to this and thinking like wow that's a lot of work um, to set up but if it converts more then it's definitely worth it you know but I could see where it would be overwhelming to just mm -hmm. think about how to set that up you know and um, another another thing that's just uh, related but uh, not specific to this exact topic is if you have uh, this this car uh, compartmentalizing you know segregation set up uh, and you have wet slash you know your domain.com slash weddings yep and then you have slash gallery, that is actually going to be a little bit of an SEO benefit mm -hmm. specific to whatever the, the, the keyword you're targeting because um, search engines are going to look at each of those sub-URL, the sub, uh, you, know, uh, you know, the slash whatever, slash whatever, um, as keywords. So if, it, if you optimize it correctly for search engines uh, with content and, and the images and the alt text and stuff, um, then... That'll be really beneficial uh, for you, search engine-wise. Well, and there's actually a couple other, like, that's that's a great point. And there's a couple other side benefits to doing it this way. Number one, if I'm talking with someone that I know is interested in wedding photography, I'll just send them to bcatfloater.com slash weddings. weddings. Yep. I won't even send them to the main site because I know that they're already, they already inquired to know about wedding photography. That's yeah. a, so yeah. I'll send them right there. Yeah. Um, but then also that being said is it allows me to be much more um, specific. I know this kind of gets away from WordPress, but it, gets, it lets me be much more specific in retargeting. So when I do uh, Facebook retargeting, for example, I'll retarget people that have only been to any URL that has slash wedding in it, and yep. I know that that is probably a bride or groom that was there looking for wedding photography. Yeah. And, and likewise for all the other categories. So it lets me just really, as opposed to just like having just a portfolio page that has different styles, I can now say, well, anyone that went to slash wedding slash anything was obviously interested in wedding photography, so now I can serve them some specific ads. 
Yeah, that's a that's a great one too. The retargeting and the Facebook ads are becoming more and more important these days, especially with how saturated the wedding market is. Um, so that's a really nice benefit. Um, so let's go into a topic that I think is going to be really interesting. Um, this came up, and uh, basically, we're podcasters. You're a podcaster. <laughs> Uh, I'm curious. Yeah, you are. <laughs> um, I'm curious, and uh, I think a lot of listeners might find this really interesting. Is what your opinion is, and uh, on on wedding photographers, or really any photographer, doing podcasting for clients. So uh, it's fairly simple to make a podcast these days, uh, especially with WordPress. They made it. There's plugins that make it so. Simple, and if you want to know how, look, listen to episode one. Yeah, we talked all about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, and, and there's multiple ways you can do podcasts. But um, so, what do you think about potential positives, potential negatives to podcasting for clients? Okay, um, you, you know the three of us were very familiar with um, something like a smartpassiveincome.com, right, Pat Flynn, mm -hmm. or something like a John Lee Dumas, or some of these entrepreneurs that, or these online marketers that create products, create services, create courses that teach sub-entrepreneurs how to create courses, create products to sell to their clients, right? So there's this huge ecosystem of entrepreneurs that create things to teach other entrepreneurs how to create things. So it's kind of like this weird self-fulfilling thing. But at the end of the day, that top entrepreneur, unless they're familiar with the space of selling to consumers, which is what we're in as photographers most of the time, it's, there's a bit of a disconnect. And so that's why when I, when I see the education out there or the podcast topics that are like, oh, you know, like photographers, you should be doing podcasts for your brides and grooms. And it's like that works for guys like, us and girls like us, well, not girls like me, but girls like Thank Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for, for entrepreneurs like us that that have an audience that is other business owners. Because I think largely podcasting is still very much a B2B space. Um, I think that there has been a lot of breakthrough in the past little while of getting out of that B2B space with shows like This American Life and Serial and those kinds of shows. Um, a company called Gimlet Media, which is yes. probably one of my oh, favorite podcasts of all time. Startup is an amazing show, but they, they have quite a few shows actually that is now breaking out of the B2B space. They've got a show called Mystery... The Mystery, Mystery Show. Mystery Show or something, yeah. which is kind of like a modern day, kind of like Sherlock Holmes, and like the podcast host just walks through how they solve these cool mysteries. And it's really fascinating, and you don't have to be a business owner to listen to that. So I think there's a lot of space being sort of broken um, in there, but I still think very largely, if you were to ask, and, and maybe this is just the exercise, right? I mean, this is my opinion. I would recommend photographers test it themselves. If I were to ask my brides and grooms, hey, would you listen to a podcast, a 10-episode podcast that I made on how to hire a wedding photographer? Would you, would you do that? Or, or, or maybe not how to hire a wedding photographer, but just... How to plan a wedding or, or how to... Or stories from... Right. Photographer perspective stories from weddings right. that can educate right. on, that, on that end. Totally, yeah. So I think 80% of them would probably say what's a podcast <laughs> because it still quite, and ha quite hasn't broken into the mainstream of mainstream. It's like the early adopters still right now, I think. Right. Um, you'd have maybe 10% of them that are like, oh, yeah, I've heard of podcasts, but I don't really do much about them. Maybe 5% of them would be like, oh, yeah, I listen to the super mainstream podcasts, those like the techie ones, the businessy ones. And maybe you'd get like a percent of them that would say, yeah, I, I, I would listen to that or I'd listen to one of the episodes. So... I guess I just look at it and I say, if I were to ask the same question, like if I were to create a, a course online or, or an email drip that showed you the same thing, the exact same thing I would put in a podcast, would you subscribe to that? Right. I'll bet 50 to 75% of my clients would say, yeah, I totally get on board with that because I know email. I'm familiar with email as a medium. Right. So I'm just... I guess because of that, and again, that's my client, my client base. Maybe if you're in like Los Angeles where you've got a lot of tech startups and a lot of your clients are 
techie people, business people, maybe you're, maybe that's different. But yeah. I just don't think that podcasting as a medium is mainstream enough for the consumer market for it to be worth our effort and time. Yep. It's so interesting. I think it does definitely differ with your target client, your target audience. And then I think the content, you know, you were talking a lot about um, how to plan a wedding or what, you know, tips and tricks. And I think that medium is is sort of in the other content marketing spaces that you recommended. But I see a podcast like if you interview your, your local wedding venue, you know, if you're in a small enough market, I think there's a local, uh, you know, need for it. But then you broadcast that podcast, you can broadcast it anywhere. So it's definitely an interesting discussion. But yeah. So my follow-up question is, what is your favorite kind of content marketing that you recommend for photographers beyond podcasting. Right. I was actually just gonna just gonna say like I guess as a as a um, as a comment to that too is about five years ago I did this sort of like as like you know video blogs and all that stuff were kind of hitting the market. I actually did something very similar to that. I actually set up this local like sort of networking slash relationship building thing where I'd actually go out meet with a bridal salon or a venue or an officiant or a limo company yep. and I would go on camera and I would interview them just being like hey like welcome here we are welcome back we're sitting here with Reverend blah 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 we're going to ask him questions and all this and it was cool I put it out there I got them to share it I got to share it and back then I would say that I was probably only getting 8% to 9% of traffic to that in comparison to what I was on my website. Interesting. So, so even that, which is like, well, yeah, I mean, YouTube is a huge, that's where it lived. It lived on YouTube. Right. YouTube is a pretty mainstream thing, and even that wasn't pulling the numbers I would want to see for something like that. Right. You know, oh, that's yeah. interesting. Now, of course, that, that could be how I was executing it, how I was marketing it, whatever it was, but I guess just as a medium, as a platform, that was me taking the idea of doing the podcast, stories, right. interviews, that kind of thing, in more mainstream form uh, or a channel of YouTube, and it still didn't convert or it still didn't get the the traffic that I would want it to. Yeah. So, so I feel like podcasts would get even less than that. Yeah. So so what's what's your favorite or what's your most effective that you found content marketing wise that for for your wedding clients specifically? I think email uh, campaigns can work really really well uh, when planned out properly. Um, so I, I sort of. Sorry, yeah. go on. Let's let's talk a little bit about email campaigns. Yeah. So so you're you're talking about some sort of freebie thing that the that these leads would get, mm -hmm. right? So you would have a freebie of some sort, and and you would send get them to your to this landing page where they can enter a name, email address, maybe or just an email address, whatever, however you plan it. And remember, less is more when it comes to conversion rate and contact forms. So if you do a name and email address you potentially convert less than you will if you just do an email address. Um, it's all about testing. Uh, so then they, they, give, they give you an email address, you send them this freebie, and then, and then what happens? So for me, the way that I've structured it is I go for quality versus quantity, and that's because my business model is a more higher price, lower volume business model for as a wedding photographer. And so I have a little sign-up thing um, on one of the pages of my site for weddings that I know only those that are really interested are going to get to that page. You know, so it's not like it's on the first page or it's not like it's a pop-up when they get there that everyone sees this, but I kind of make sure that those that are there are there because they're they're showing interest. They're showing that they're they actually want to dig deeper. And do you and do I, that through WordPress? How do you yeah. do that? Yeah, I okay. do it through WordPress. Um, we use on our WordPress uh, sites. We use sort of an infrastructure called Foundation, mm -hmm. um, which is it's the same thing as like a Twitter Bootstrap for those that are more familiar with that. Again, it's a techie thing, but it comes kind of built in with a lot of different things. And we use something, I think it's called, what do they call it? It's basically a modal that you can have kind of pop up. I think it's mm -hmm. called reveal modal. So basically I just have a little link on that page that says, you know, click here to get our tips to hire a wedding photographer. And when they click it, it just kind of pops up a pop-up box on top of it. And I guess now that I think about it, you could use anything, like you could use a gra um, uh, an opt-in monster, you could use an ice gram, which is one of my picks I'll talk about later. Um, but you could use anything like that that would just basically open up a little prompt, they put in their email address, that subscribes them to an automatic uh, drip campaign, and yep. then they'll get the emails over the next five weeks automatically. Which you have to create. I mean, we should say that. Do you have a recommended um, email 
platform that you use outside of WordPress once you collect the email addresses? Yeah, we use MailChimp for everything that we yeah, do. Um, yeah, so it's it's a really really great, and you can set up an automation campaign that's like you know right as they subscribe, send out this email. Four days afterwards, send out this email. Four days after that, if they've opened the previous email, then send this email. Like you can do this this really really advanced funnel, or you could just do really simple and say as soon as they subscribe, send this one email. Like you can go as simple or as complex as you want to, but. Yeah. It just, again, it's kind of looking at it again with intentionality to say like, what is the best way to do it? Like, what makes sense for me? Try a few things out and, and go from there. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about two uh, two products. I got to make sure I include this in the show notes that are related to this exact topic. Cool. Um, one being a product that I created. I partnered with uh, Colorvail Actions called the Wedding Photographer Conversion Kit. Oh yeah. Which is basically talking about this exact idea about yeah. doing a freebie. And the whole Mailchimp campaign, and it um, gives you a templates and and a video tutorial on how to do it all. So um, check that out. I'll link to that in the show notes. And also um, Molly from uh, Booty Shorts created Set It and Forget It, which is yes, which um, is great. Similar concept, um, and it's uh, basically an ebook that has a, a lot of this, a lot of uh, sample text in it and plugins that are useful and things like that. So I'm going to make sure I include both yeah. those in the show notes. Um, I love ColorVail too. I mean, those are both great resources and really knowledgeable people in the photography space. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, okay, so uh, let's move on to your the guest recommended WordPress plugins or themes. So what... Um, Give me your uh, your your favorite plugins that you say if you had a hundred websites you'd use these on all of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there's one, and it's actually funny because you know how I mentioned earlier that on on the team we've got uh, three different WordPress developers and designers. Um, they all make fun of me for it because it's like something that like I guess non-WordPress people like a lot, but I I really like it personally. It's called <laughs> Admin Menu Editor Pro, and basically what it lets me do is it lets me rearrange, hide, show, whatever, um, the, the sidebar in the back end of WordPress. So for me, like for example, on our Sprout Studio support page, the way that we've designed it, we actually don't use pages because we created a new custom post type for support documents. Yeah. So for me to see pages at the very top on the left-hand side all the time is kind of annoying. So using Admin Menu Editor Pro, I can actually just say, well, I don't ever want to see that, so just hide it for me. And so you can kind of rearrange things, you can customize them, you can rename them, you can add new icons if you want to them. So it's kind of like a really cool way to just pretty up the back end of WordPress right. and make it much more customized to how you use WordPress. Yeah, yeah so, so you could potentially, for, for photographers who will never use the tools section in, in under settings, exactly. you can just hide it and you'll never see it unless you show it again. Exactly. Wow. So, yeah, that's, now, a, that's you, a cool idea. Do you worry about that with um, like forgetting that it's there? In case you need it for like a future release or something. I mean, I know in your case per se, because you're you're up on this stuff. But right. my concern about recommending that to like a photography business person would be that it would get lost in translation in future releases. You know. Well, I I would just say that like if you're looking for something in the future that you don't see, just go go and you can turn it on with admin admin any editor pro right. So you can oh. basically just go back into it and then just yeah. say, oh yeah, I've got this hidden. Just click here and and it'll unhide it. Yeah. So it's kind of like for the 99% of the time that you're not needing to look for something that you don't need, it's nice and clean and much simpler to look at and much easier to find what you need to find. Yeah. And then for that 1% of the time that you need to get in there and you know go and find that tool section because there's an update you have to do something with, then yeah. you can hide it, use it, and hide it's it. It's so interesting to know that these tools are – this is why I love WordPress. Like you can really do whatever you want yeah. you know, and the tools are out there and you don't necessarily have to reinvent the wheel. I actually saw a plugin. I have to see if I can find it. It's a similar plugin. It's a new one that just came out. Um, I saw it in one of the WordPress groups on Facebook, where um, instead of you literally hiding it, you um, rearrange the order of your menu, and then there's like a cutoff point. So there's like a line, right? Mm. And then when it's when you save and you look at your admin again, it's actually a show hide. Like oh, a button, cool. and then it'll just show, sort of like Gmail, like you can show hide right. different yeah. labels, that exact same concept, but in your WordPress admin. That's very cool. Um, I'll have yeah. to see if I can find that again. Cool. Um, one of my other picks that I think is is a really, really useful um, plugin for photographers is called Pretty Link. 
And basically what Pretty Link lets you do is it lets you take any URL that you'd ever want to send somebody to. So maybe it's a blog post. Maybe it's a page you've designed. Maybe it's a contact form, whatever it is. Maybe it's, it's something that lives outside of WordPress. Any URL. And then you can just basically create a new short code for it. So you can say your website URL slash whatever you want it to be will then redirect to this other site. So a great way to use this is let's say that you're at a wedding show and you've written a blog post about the top 10 tips for getting married at venue X, right? And you want to tell brides and grooms at the wedding show about this. Instead of telling them, hey, go to my blog, search for this blog post, do this, do this, they may not find that. You could just say, hey, go to bcapphoto.com slash show and it'll redirect you over to that blog post that I wrote. So you could use it to kind of quickly direct people to certain URLs that may not be as easy to find if you didn't have that. And does it does it tell you how many times that URL has been used? It does. So then it, it'll track it and all that. You asked it. You knew the answer to that. But you asked <laughs> it. Well, it sounds very similar to that. The bit.ly service. Yes. But yeah, it yeah. lives within WordPress, yeah, which exactly. is like when everything is all sort of self-contained. But yeah, it, it lives within WordPress and it's still branded for me, right? So it's like it's right. always going to be bcapphoto.com/slash whatever I put. So it kind of looks like it's it's you know really nice and refined and branded for me. So and then yeah, like Scott mentioned, it'll it'll show you how many times people have gone there and that kind of thing for analytics, which is really useful. And yeah. what what would be really neat is if you really wanted to get into the nitty gritty and really track that, and you are at a at a wedding show, you could you could you know make a, a mental note of okay, I've told six people about this. Mm -hmm. The next day, go and check and see how many people actually did it. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You can, yeah, you can really get some get into the nitty gritty. Okay, what else? Exactly. More than six, and they've told other people, which is even yeah. more exciting. Right. Yeah, right. And then, I mean, you could even just as a quick conversion discussion, continuing that sort of thread, you could say, well, I had twenty people visit this URL, but I only had three that signed up for the list once they got there, or something like that. Yeah. You could say, obviously, there's something wrong with the conversion on the page. Right. Or you could say, well, I converted every single person, so obviously it was converting well. Like, you could do a lot of analytics with that. Yeah. yeah I think it's really useful for that. Yeah. Um, another one that I'll say, and I mentioned it just a few minutes ago, it's called IceGram. And um, it's, it's basically a plugin, a really easy-to-use plugin, that lets you create pop-up boxes or banners at the top of your page or... Um, little badges that show up in different places on your website and you can have it used for different purposes. So let's say that you were, like I, we said earlier, having some kind of email drip campaign. If you wanted to do that but you didn't want to have to get into trying to custom code something, you could just create a new campaign in IceGram right within WordPress and say 20 seconds after someone gets to my wedding page, pop up this little pop-up that will then ask them to set, you know, put in their email address. Or if you had a you know winter special happening or a Valentine's Day special happening for boudoir, you could say you know two minutes after they've been on my boudoir page, show this little banner that kind of slides down on the top of my website that says, "Hey, did you know about this little special? Click here to find out more." And so how is do... it for customizing? Like, can you add your own images within the yeah, plugin? Yeah, totally. It's got a whole bunch of templates, but then you can go and customize colors and text and images and all different kinds of things like that. The way that we use it, we use it on spreadingphotographer.com. So if anyone wants to see it. Um, depending on when this gets released, I guess. But we've got it going for our, our New Year's promo for Sprout Studio right now. So we actually got in and like customized the HTML on that and completely you know redid it for our own styling. Yep. But they've got a lot of really great pre-baked styles and themes and different things you can do with that. And it's free, which is really nice. Yeah, that something. is nice. I, I mean, in the past, I've used something called Optin Monster, mm -hmm. but that's a paid service, and it also... Um, I find IceGram much easier to work with because with Optin Monster you have to create the campaigns on Optin Monster's website and then that kind of just pulls it into WordPress through their plugin. Yeah. Where IceGram you just build and do it all right in WordPress, which again for a WordPress podcast we love right. doing it in WordPress, right? So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny. Really Optin Monster used to be that way, and they they went to the SaaS yeah. route to host yeah. it themselves, yeah. which re resolved a bunch of uh, roadblocks that they ran into. Yeah. Um, I personally use Optin Monster. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I found, compared to the others, has been. I mean, I haven't tried ice ice cream, but um, compared to all the others I tried, it's been far superior. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, you know, I'll have to take a look at ice cream. Um, any any others? I do, yeah. So the other one, and then again, I don't know if this one's been mentioned before or not on the show, or if not, I'm sure it's one that will get mentioned because it is a pretty popular one. Yes. It's called Gravity Forms, um, and basically, it lets you, I guess, in its simplest form, it lets you create a contact form. 
with all kinds of fields and details and data, and you can customize what fields are on there, and you could put phone numbers or, or let them upload photos. You can do whatever you want, but really, that's just the surface. Tip uh, of the iceberg. So, I mean, what you can do um, with Gravity Forms is just remarkable. If you really want to get in and dig in, and it's very developer-friendly, it's very easy to extend upon and to take and sort of go further I actually remember about four years ago, I helped build the website for Professional Photographers of Ontario, and we built an entire um, image competition submission, you know, workflow, I guess, through Gravity, Gravity Forms, Forms. just yeah. through Gravity Forms, and you, it, we had all kinds of conditional logic and uploading and downloading, and like it was just like it's amazing what you can do with Gravity. Yeah, Forms. it's my favorite plugin. I actually because Photoscribe is built on form input to be able to turn what the photographers say into blogs because Photoscribe right. is a blogging service. Right. And when I first started it, I had such a clear idea of what I wanted, and Gravity Forms allowed me to do all of that without needing a developer to really yeah. customize it. I mean, I think Gravity Forms is, if you're, if you're looking for paid services within WordPress, it is the number one that I always recommend. And this, this is the first time we're talking about it, Scott, yeah, on this podcast, is. which is so... We've talked about Yoast like a bajillion times. <laughs> I think Gravity Plugin is just as robust and sort of, depending on what you need it for, it, it's, it's so, yeah. you know, it does everything. And, and funny, it's funny, uh, Rocket Genius, the company that makes Gravity Forms, they're one of the largest WordPress companies because of Gravity Forms, of how widely used it is. Yeah. And they make one product right yeah. now right now they have a bunch of add-ons but really it's all based on the one product um, mm -hmm. it's really it's it just that that goes to show you how how good gravity forms is and how uh, flexible and 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 useful it is because yeah. it's literally used by some of the largest companies in the world mm -hmm. um, anyway so um, if, if you want to just as a quick side note I, just another sort of use case of it and I guess this is also um, a useful tool as well. If you if you go to spreadingphotographer.com, in the top right corner, we've got a button that says Profit Calculators. If you click any of those, which is basically we've created these free calculators that um, help a photographer calculate what they should be charging for different products and different services. If you go and use any of those, obviously you could then use the information that you get from it to help you price yourself more profitably. But all those calculators were built on Gravity Forms without, wow. without any custom development. That's all wow. the built-in, the, the WYSIWYG, the editor, the visual designer yeah. of using Gravity Forms. So it's That's a really great powerful. example of that. Uh, yeah. Thank you, yeah. That's because Sprouting, um, Sprouting Photographer, uh, Gravity Forms has <laughs> a, a calculator, basically, uh, basically yeah. a calculator module built into yep. it. Exactly. Um, it's... It's fantastic. It's very cool. Um, very yeah. cool. Well, and for photographers, and this is what, you can make your contract through Gravity Forms, too. A yep. lot of photographers have, like, Mock Forms, which is a separate PHP installation. Gravity Forms, there's a signature um, add-on. So, you know, there's a lot of functionality even for photographers who are marketing to clients. Yep. Um, so before we uh, get into final thoughts, uh, I want to talk about one more thing. Um, so Sprout Studio Launch... And it's doing very well, and it's very pretty, yeah. and very very <laughs> functional. Um, so it's not WordPress based. Um, no. We we know that I used to think that it was, um, <laughs> um, but uh, which which actually goes to uh, that's a compliment to the designers because they made it um, that pretty. That it, I mean, WordPress has been around now for over ten years, and yep. it's pretty because. It's been there for so long, and they've right. figured out what it needs to be. So um, that's a really good compliment. Um, but uh, the form function, so, so the lead gathering form, mm -hmm. can be embedded. Yes. So there's potential, and we've talked about this off offline, and uh, I even pitched this to the Imagely team about us developing it. Um, there's potential to, to make a Sprout Studio plugin for WordPress. Mm-hmm. Um, which either might happen from our side, might happen from your side. I don't know. Whoever does it first, Whoever we'll see gets what happens. There first. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, there's potential for not only integration with Gravity Forms, but also integration with Contact Form Seven, which is the most popular form plugin that's free. Yep. Um, and then another form plugin that's doing very well, um, which I can't remember the name of it, but I'm I'm in the process of testing it um, on a test site. So there's potential for integration with WordPress for Sprout Studio. So um, for anybody who is interested in Sprout Studio and using WordPress, be on the lookout. 
or for now, just use the embed form, which would work. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's there's lots that we could do. I mean, WordPress. I'm I'm a huge advocate for WordPress. Um, whenever I do coaching for photographers, or whenever I write or speak to photographers about the web or selling or anything like that, WordPress is. I wouldn't recommend anything but WordPress. And so, knowing that it's so big, and knowing that it performs a certain function for photographers that we don't perform through Sprout Studio. I mean, Sprout Studio is the studio management and the back end and the galleries and all that. But I see there being so much potential for integration with what you would need a website to do for you. Again, if you look at a website and say, well, it's a portfolio, it's it's information about you, it's a contact form, it's a, it's a lead magnet, it's all these different things, it would make so much sense to have that somehow tied into Sprout Studio, which is the thing that manages your entire business. And so, you know, that's a huge priority for us, and that's something that we kind of have our eye on to say, well, where can we bring that? What could we do? Yeah. Um, and and I'm, I won't, I guess I won't tease anything, because I think my developers will probably shoot me if they yeah. get teasing anything, <laughs> but before we get any, any, you know, further into it, but I mean, it's a priority for us, and, and definitely, I mean, right now, integrating, we have an API, so if you want, I mean, like on my website, on bcatphoto.com, um, my contact form is built through Gravity Forms, yet when you submit it, it submits to Sprout Studio. So through a typical API, which is you know what uh, any any sort of techie photographer would understand that, you could get in and, and tie in Gravity Forms currently to Sprout Studio, um, or you could just embed the Sprout Studio lead form onto your own website, which is super easy to do through WordPress. Um, and then we even give you code if you want to customize some of the styling on it. You just embed that with it, and you can kind of tweak some of the styling. So we do have a light integration right now. So maybe we're looking at the future. We'll have WordPress be your front-end WordPress, you know, website customer-facing, and then Sprout Studio do everything on the back end. On the back end, yeah. You know? Wow. I Lots love of it. automation <laughs> between them, because yeah. if you think about like what you could automate between those two pieces. There's a lot that you do manually that you probably waste a lot of time doing right now. But then think of the photographer, the work that they don't have to do, like you said, logging into all of these different places. Yeah, right. um, we'll, we'll talk, I, I just had a thought that is way out of the range of the podcast, so we'll have to talk uh, after we stop. But um, <laughs> I got I to, yeah, we have to, I just had a cool idea. Anyway, so um, um, you're going to be at uh, WPPI. Yes. Uh, and and so I'll see you there. Yeah. That, that's March. Must right? March. Can't yes. wait to can't wait to see your booth too. That's gonna be fun. Yes. Um, you're gonna be at CPC Canada Photo, Canada Photo Convention in Vancouver, right? Yes. You're yes. also gonna be at Toronto, which we're both speaking at. Yes. But yeah, that's, when is that's, that? Toronto's way in time. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Toronto's in October, so that's right. It's right before uh, Photo Plus Expo. Um, yeah. But uh, but that's gonna be a lot of fun. I've never been to Canada Canada Photo Convention. I'm really looking forward to that one. Um, and it'd be great to be able to speak alongside you. Yeah, well, it's, it's so. a great conference. There's, uh, I think it's really great. I mean, I love the big shows, right? I mean, Imaging USA is actually happening as we're speaking right now. Yeah. Um, WPPI is obviously a really big show, and I, and and I, I mean, the other one I'm speaking at Shutterfest come in April. Yep. That's the one that's run by Sal Sincata, and that's getting to be a pretty big show. I think yeah, I've heard amazing things about yeah, it. Yeah, it's a really great. It's kind of like between the boutique show and the big shows. Yeah. But I think what's really cool is that we've got these great big shows that are really just like you go there and you can just have so much choice on what you can do. But we've also got all these really small shows or kind of what I call like a boutique show, like yeah. a Canada Photo Convention or Inspire Photo Retreats, which I think yeah. is happening even as we're speaking right now. No, um, Inspire's in February, right oh, before. February. Yep. Oh. And then Mystic is the other one that's in Mystic Portland. Mystic is the other one. See, yeah, I'm an introvert, so the big ones for me are tough. <laughs> because there's a lot of people, right. but I love the boutique ones because you really get a connection and a one-on-one with yes. um, yeah. with the other photographers and you know people and business struggles and so if you're an introvert like me, there are other options. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's what I was gonna say is like there's really an option no matter what kind of photographer you are, no matter what kind of learner you yeah. are, what kind of environment or community or social setting you prefer, yeah. there's lots of options. Um, I would just say get out there and educate yourself. Like get out there and get involved and start to go to these things because um, if you kind of sit in your own studio, I mean, what we do as photographers often is sitting behind a computer by ourselves, right? (laughs) So it can become very lonely. It can become um, challenging because we're always trying to solve our own problems. And as much as things like Facebook groups and forums and these online communities is great, 
nothing replaces face-to-face -face networking and face-to-face face-to-face relationships. Um, it's kind of funny that there's this there's this new sort of thing. I guess it's not really new, but it's called you know if if you know someone through online channels and you see them in person, you're like, oh, it's great to meet you, IRL, which is right. <laughs> Like oh my gosh, really? Like are we, are we to that point where we like, there's a distinction? But I mean, either way, I just think it's so important to get out there and and to see people. I mean, that's yeah. our, our entire business yeah. is based on people. At least most of us as wedding and portrait photographers. So get out there and and put yourself in front of other photographers. Yeah. And there's lots of conferences and workshops to go do for that. Yeah, and know there are options because I had the yeah. same thing. I mean, the thought of WPPI and um, I work closely with Jared Bauman who was a guest on episode four. And, mm -hmm. you know, he's like, come. And, and it just, it was very overwhelming. Whereas Inspire, which you had mentioned, which takes part here in New England, and this year it's in Newport, Rhode Island, you know, there's only 200 people. They cap it. Mm -hmm. And so you get to know... And even 200 people, you only get to know maybe 40 of them, but you get to know them really well because yeah. you're at that environment where they facilitate that kind of networking one-on-one. -on -one. So yep. there are options. <laughs> um, so, so that was pr a really good final thought closing type of yeah. thing. Um, but, uh, Brian, do you have anything you want to add uh, on top of that? Um, I guess, I mean, the only, the only thing I'll mention, and, and I won't go too deep into it, but one of the things that I'm sort of really uh, super passionate about right now is this concept of, I mean, it's this is the new year, right? We're in January 11th as we record this, mm -hmm. and oftentimes the new year is seen with sort of, you know, a fresh start, resolutions, like we got all these things that we're doing, and we kind of want to look at the coming year and see what we can make better for, you know, versus what we just left in the year that, that was behind us. And... Um, one of the things that I think a lot of photographers struggle with is the idea of having balance in their life and yeah. having some, you know, more margin. And, and I think a lot of the times, I'm not going to get into too big of this as a conversation, but we use the word busy or we use this concept of feeling overworked and stressed out and overwhelmed as an excuse and as a means of justification for why we don't do the things that we really want to be doing with our lives. And I think at the end of the day, if you're really to look at why did you get into business for yourself? Why did you get into being a photographer? Most of the time, I would bet that it's not because you wanted to be sitting behind your computer by yourself 80 hours a week and not feel like you have any balance in your life, right? Yeah. <laughs> and yet often, that's what I hear so many photographers going through. I see posts on Facebook at 2 o'clock in the morning saying, oh gosh, still editing this wedding. And it's like, are you kidding me right now? Like you should be with your family or your kids or your wife or, or with your friends. Or just sleeping. Or sleeping, right? I mean like come on. And so I'm kind of really in this space of trying to help photographers uh, regain that control back in their lives. And, and if not for anything more than just to listen to these words right now and to say that you are not justified and you are not um, measured by how busy you are. So right. let's kind of throw that idea out and stop using that as a status symbol. If you want to dig deeper into this concept, um, we've sort of started this movement called Redefine Busy, and it's a series of blog posts or articles that I've written over on spreadingphotographer.com that really gets into the nitty-gritty, both the mindset changes, but also the tactical ideas as to how you can implement changes in your life to get more done in less time so you can get balance back. Yeah. So if anyone's interested in that, um, you can visit uh, redefinebusy.com, and we've got a whole series of articles over there about that. Yeah, I highly recommend that, especially as a mother, and I know you guys both have kids as well, um, working parents, I mean, but you don't even have to be a working parent to be busy and to be overwhelmed. So I highly recommend all of those articles. It's like, awesome. it's, it's, it's like a mind shift, mind shift change when you think about it, you know. Yeah. Um, well, that's very very well said. Totally agree. Um, I know you speak a lot about uh, the lie of busy, um, mm -hmm. so uh, it's you know definitely a great topic for everybody to uh, to learn more about. Yep. Um, so, thank you, Brian, for joining us today. Thank, thank you. you for having me. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you, Rachel, for being an awesome co-host. Thank you, Scott. <laughs> you can find the show notes t from today's uh, episode at imagely.com slash podcast slash six. Six. Uh, and until next time. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the WordPress Photography Podcast. To listen to other episodes and to subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and more, please visit imagely.com forward slash podcast.